Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This week on Pitmaster, we have Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers. Sterling has been a major influence in barbecue for a long time now, with much success as a pitmaster, but also as the founder of Big Papa Smokers Barbecue Rubs, creator of the Guinea Pig Barbecue Contest, the King of the Smoker, and I can't forget the Big Papa Smokers Cooking for Kids charity program, of which Old Virginia Smoke is very blessed to be a part of. This is a wide-ranging conversation about barbecue, cooking, music, and a whole range of topics that I think you'll enjoy. So please join me in welcoming the incomparable Sterling Ball. So we're here with Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smokers. You entered my life a lot earlier than you think you did, because as you mentioned earlier, I've got the guitars behind me on the wall, and I've been buying Ernie Ball guitar strings for years. You never like emailed Jesse and said, hey... I'm part of cooking for the kids. Where's my strings? <laughs> I haven't yet. No, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> Tomorrow, I think the first email that hits the server. <laughs> yeah, yeah, reach out because we'd love to. Yeah, the guitar thing, um, it's my original and still true passion. A lot of people don't know about it, but Ernie Ball, we're the largest manufacturer of electric guitar strings. My dad actually created the category. Uh, I took over the business, I think, when I was 22 or 23. We had 14 employees and um, that's what I did for a big part of my life. But I also would always cook. Um, I've always cooked and I love cook. And so I play music and I cook and I've been in a lot of businesses over the years. I mean, I was in the golf business for a year, taking a kid to top five, Anthony Kim in 2008. Mm-hmm. We're at the Ryder Cup and we did that. So that was fun. But the guitar thing is still... I mean, it was amazing. I had the greatest opportunity from my dad. My dad was done early. I'm very lucky. I have uh, all three of my sons work in the business, but my son, Brian, CEO, mm-hmm. and he's doing things that I never could. And But I'm still involved. What's really funny is I opened a design studio because I've done the marketing for Ball my whole life. And it's, there's one thing I probably have a little that I'm known for in that business is the marketing of that company and the building of the brand and some of the instruments that I designed. I've been fortunate to work with, you know, Van Halen to Keith Richards to Paul McCartney to you know, John Petrucci at Dream Theater has been the biggest artist in terms of sales, believe it or not. Yeah. So, you know, I've worked with, you know, all the country artists, all the rock artists. So that's been, I've, I bet I've fired some big names too. <laughs> <laughs> that I'll tell you by the, by the solo fire pit, but it was, um, where it just wasn't a connection. But, you know, with guitars and, and cooking, they're both creative and business is creative. So a lot of the things I know we're going to talk about, they kind of, my approach overlaps. Yeah. It's, and I remember the first time we met, it was at the Sam's club final. Yeah, I remember. And you were across from us. And I remember when we parked the trailer and I was like, Oh gosh. And Leanne was like, she's our other teammate. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, I was like, that's that's Big Papa Smokers. That's Sterling Ball. And she goes, that ball. And I went, yeah, that ball. <laughs> she was like, and uh, I just remember that one night you were sitting there and you called us over and uh, we chatted for about an hour and uh, that was one of our best takeaways from, was meeting you. you know at I love meeting you guys there. I remember that. We had some really bad pizza delivered, as I remember. Yep. <laughs> That's right. I don't know how they, they they really should be, the police, the pizza police should be there citing them. But I remember that. I missed the Sam's Club. I thought that was a great situation. It was, uh, I think, I still hold it up there as probably one of the top three things we got to go cook because, you know, you, you worked your way there and you earned your way in and then you got to just you got to see where you stood with every the best people in the country and we didn't know anybody at that point we were just like so happy to be there and i just remember that being like i don't want to say that was the p- pinnacle of barbecue but it might have been at that time it was uh, just a lot of fun because you really had to cook your way into it yeah you know like the jack too but um you know i am glad you said it's top 3 because if you said it was number 1 no, there's only number one. There's only one event that <laughs> is number one. That's the king of the smokers. So that, that. Years off my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
you know what? I took so much abuse over the years for King of the Smokers, and it's nice now to see everyone miss it. But I don't think they understand that, that abuse. I see that stuff, and I go, so why am I doing this? Right. The teams were great. The teams that came out were great, but you know, I set myself up for a little of it by by picking the teams and by refusing to make it just the top 24 of KCBS. I was trying to, you know, I really wanted to incorporate legends. And in fact, I look back on that and I'm so glad I did. I mean, with the passing of Mike Mills, mm -hmm. Mike Mills with the King of the Smokers was unbelievable. Yeah. And I hope that a lot of the younger cooks were looking at people like Tuffy and Mike Mills and how they carry themselves and how they engage with the fans. And, you know, Myron, uh, Darren does. Um, you do. You guys do a great job of that. And I'm not just saying it because I'm on your podcast, but, you know, <laughs> I had Jerry King there. Yeah. He was the nicest man in barbecue, you know. And so I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did the guinea pigs. The news flesh is that I'm not doing any more guinea pigs. Mm -hmm. And it was there was a post on social media on Facebook that killed it. And you could probably find it. And it was people who'd done well up there. But it's I here's the key. And I learned that Darren likes to say I didn't take away your birthday. <laughs> I added the guinea pig and I added the king of the smokers. Yep. And between the two of them, I did it 20 times and reached in my pocket for each one. And all it was was a different take. And I just got killed. But to after all these years, I'm very proud that I created a contest with the help of the great staff, the three J's, Jesse, Jody, and James. They're the best. And some great sponsors the, later on. Uh, Emily was great. Um, uh, awesome did it this year, Tyson. But uh, I didn't, all I did was something, it was a week where you didn't have to, if you didn't want to cook it, you didn't have to cook it. Why the hate? And I think the online hate that went for the last 10 years on, I called it anti-social media. When mm -hmm. you get to barbecue, there are more arguments than people smelling the roses. Yeah. And if you look at what's changed now, nobody's getting endorsement gigs out of competition barbecue. The influencers are getting it. And you go and look at the influencers, they help each other out. They mm -hmm. don't fight. It's all about the food and it's all about cooking. It's all about trying to move ahead. And as a result, they have guys with, you know, million and a half followers that um, people that started a year ago that have a half a million followers. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's interesting to watch, but I think we, I think is th there's a bitterness factor that I hate to, um, to dwell on because there's so many great people like, like you guys. And I'm going to get a chance to talk about some of my, cause I know I got a clue of what we're going to talk about, <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah, like I so I didn't take away anybody's birthday. I just added some contests. And, you know, I can tell you after doing uh, two in Virginia, which you cooked. Yep. You cooked one of them, right? Mm -hmm. you one, a, yeah. See? <laughs> I remember. You and did. you had a previous commitment from a contest that you'd won the year before. Yeah. And I respected the fact that you went back, because that's something you need to do. If yeah. you went, go back, okay? But maybe don't go back and post that I'm looking forward to repeating. That's always the kiss of death. <laughs> it's like Darren showing his meat, it's the kiss of death. But I think supporting the promoters that gave you an opportunity to, to, to get a, a GC is great. So I did two there. I did one in Kansas City. I did it with Jeff Staney. People would mm -hmm. think, oh, you're competitors. We're dear friends. We play golf most of the winter. And uh, Jeff and I looked at each other after and said, well, we won't be doing this again. <laughs> There's a lot of expectations. Yeah. But um, so they're gone. And I did, I think I did 20 unique contests. But the thing about the guinea pig that I was happiest about is that we were the first contest to really talk about paying deeper than two places, the 10 places. So after nine or 10 of those total, 60% cash to check, 22% oh, wow. broke even or made money. Okay. And the three people who complained the most about their meat won the category the year that they won it. Travis did it. He posted his brisket saying, look at this little skinny thing. He won. <laughs> okay. A Rick, onion ring Rick out here. Rick Bice, wonderful yeah. guy, great cook. He whined about his brisket twice and won both years. So 
and every year after that, he'd whine about his brisket before he even opened the box. But uh, so, I mean, that's, that's why those things are gone. You know, maybe I'll come back with something else. I don't know. Well, but I think one of the best things to, to talk about and think about is what's not gone and the cooking for kids is still around. And it is uh, hands down, probably, it's not probably, it's the best thing that we do in barbecue and we're able to give back to our charity, uh, Journey for, for Cure, which is based here in Virginia. And it's a, just a wonderful program that you've created that allows teams around the country to, to, to give back, you know, and it's really, it's created a culture within our program of doing as many things as we can for them just because, you know, why not, why not use our success to, to help other people? And I can't, I, even if this is all we talk about, I can't thank you enough for that opportunity and for what you do. Oh, it gives me goose pimples. And I'll tell you, I wish the general public could see the hearts of pitmasters when at the get king of the smoker, we'd after all the stuff done, I'd give the money out and I'd make everybody, or I'd have everybody come up and tell them about their charity and what it means to them. And um, big, tough, rugged pitmasters has never been one that didn't cry on stage. I might've started it, <laughs> but um, I think the ability to, to recognize that local is good and that you give a, you know, I wish I could give more to um, to the cooking for kids and I probably will, but you know, through barbecue, uh, Big Papa Smokers supporting the Casey Lee Ball Foundation, we at the King of the Smoker, we use that to raise money. And basically I put the arm on Deloitte and all my big companies I deal with. And so using that, and we had a golf tournament for many years before and a pro-am, but I was able to raise a couple million dollars at the, at the King of the Smoker. And we underwrote the chair at Boston Children's Hospital in, in transplantation, not just kidneys. And uh, the Casey Lee Ball Foundation is something I'm so proud because it's my youngest son. Um, I didn't, I wasn't doing that kind of stuff then. It took mm -hmm. my son getting sick to wake me up because you know, everything was going great. I was rocking and rolling. And then my third son at two years old went in and they said, well, he's got a terminal disease. So he had eight operations by the time he was six years old, including getting my right kidney. This is a great story. We were, um, we just finished, I just finished giving the kidney and I know you've got questions to ask, but, and this is name dropping. So I'll, <laughs> I'll keep my toes afterwards, but I did get in trouble by the head of the hospital because in, in the room afterwards, recovery room, I had came a special select open and they threw Eddie Van Halen, George Clooney, like Dweezil was there, um, Rich Kind, who's an actor. I had I had 19 people in my room and I was only supposed to have my wife. So uh, that was back when I was drinking. But that was a pretty fun, um, that was a fun time. And my kidney lasted in Casey for 25 years. Uh, he got a second kidney. He's just graduating with honors. He decided to go to college a little later um, as a degree in history, made the dean's list every time. And he's just, I mean, his, his heart's so big and he's been through, I mean, he's been sick every day of his life and uh, his outlook is beautiful, but Casey Lee Ball Foundation, since I started, we've raised 13 and a half million dollars and wow. we've brought drugs to the market in almost every country in the world. So that's the most important thing I've ever done in my life. And Cooking for Kids gives pitmasters a chance to identify a local charity, work with them and see how impactful a smaller donation on the local level does. I mean, tremendous. When you give the when you give the check, what's it like there? It's indescribable, really, just to see the joy that you get to provide. That's that's from more or less a hobby, and you get to see to go and actually visit with patients and see the kids and just see the joy that the even you know. The, the thousands of dollars that we've we've been able to generate for them it just helps so much and it and it, even because it just helps even if it just helps one kid it's worth it but it's helped so many and it's just i mean i've got goosebumps talking about it it's like well, you know just so people know, it, it, it's literacy it's um uh, justin and kate a sponsor and a, a, 
a park. Yeah. That's accessible to everyone, every kid. It's not a handicapped park. Yeah. It's not a deal. It's a park for kids. And the kids in wheelchairs are playing with the kids in our they sent me a video and I, I mean I'm just crying and uh, you can't I had her talk to some people about it at the last guinea pig and we all ended up the same thing. I think Darren and Sherry, the way they did the um, juvenile diabetes and how every every contest they took to mind, they gave their check back and then they matched it. But and their their pinky swear is a great one. But I don't know. I mean, that's what's kind of important. I mean, you can kind of combine a hobby, get personal growth, gain relationships that hopefully will last forever and maybe leave an impact that's that's bigger than arguing about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, we've had people come up to us at events that don't know us and they see the the cooking for kids charity sticker on the trailer and they hand us twenty dollars and ask us what where it's going and we get to tell them. Oh, and man. I mean that's just that's fantastic. One, one story this year was great. Steve Hayden's driving. You mm-hmm. know, Steve's just a wonderful person, great family, and we almost lost him a couple times. And I'm so happy to have him as part of the cooking for kids, too. And he's in some rural spot, and this guy on a on a chopper or something is following him. And he pulls into the gas station. The guy pulls up, looks nasty, gnarly, mean. <laughs> Don't know. This is gonna be bad. Guy goes, what's this cooking for kids in the back of your trailer? Well, do you support Ronald McDonald House? Here he goes, yeah. Guy burst into tears. Ronald McDonald House, my daughter's life was saved there. We stayed there all my life. I mean, I got the story pretty close, but Steve called me. He goes, man, you just, you don't understand how many times that I can, I was in a bad mood coming from the thing. I thought this guy was giving me trouble. He said, this grown man is visibly touched that we're raising money for a place that saved his kid's life and gave um, the proper shelter and support for the parents while the kids were sick. Well, we sure haven't talked about barbecue. <laughs> I think we really have though. Uh, and, and I think one of the things that when we get into some of the later questions about what's missing from competition barbecue, and I really think that a lot of it is that personal touch and that empathy you know it's i think there's a lot to be said for you know maybe getting back to that as as the sport moves forward i i i agree completely and i think um you know there's a greater good and i think that you can look look for that and we're you know we're we're such a divided nation in every way i mean from politically to religion to barbecue mm-hmm just seems like that i mean i would really like to see a little more harmony absolutely it's pretty pretty ugly right now to me it is it's and you get online and you see you know right now we're in the midst of the kcbs election and you see all these divisive posts that are just they're caustic i mean by the way i don't i don't follow i don't follow I only follow positive people in barbecue. So yeah. Five or six, you're one of them. <laughs> uh, but I basically, because I take it personally when I get, and plus I got attacked so many times over the years and it's from people who I can show you DMs where they're saying nice things to me, asking me for advice. And I promise you that's happened like a huge amount. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the way Darren's won, it's been great. Um, people don't begrudge it at least very much. And, winning winning can cause some animosity too it can it can well let's talk about it a little bit let's get into the barbecue aspect sure what do you think in terms of because i know that you one of the things you were known for in the music circle was cooking food for everybody yeah so what do you think was the biggest turning point as a pit master that you've experienced when you first started out first of all i didn't start out to be the pit master Jody, Jody was oh, okay, and with a couple of guys, and I said, "Well, I'll help you," and they thought I was crazy because I was just a, I'm, uh, I am an insane man for details. It just doesn't look like it when you see my shirt when I'm done. <laughs> Everything we do is weighed, measured, documented, journaled. I still practice, I think, more than anybody in barbecue, and I emphasize 
me because uh, there's a couple guys who started the thing that James does all the cooking. <laughs> that bothers James more than they know. They don't understand that when they say that because what people got to realize, James is the greatest thing. Friend. Unbelievable. Right. But James gets paid. It's a job. So when they see him working hard, that's James' job. And by the way, just so you know, during COVID, we haven't competed. How do you think James has been taken care of? Very well. <laughs> right. Okay. I love James, but James doesn't want people getting in the way of the gig. I always torture James, say, hey, it's a little problem because he, he, I can't travel with him. I say, James, I got a problem. I can't make it. He goes, you see Hispanic swear words come up. And stuff. Uh, but we're a team. I mean, there's no question they're a team. But, I mean, he cooks the chicken. I do about half of it. But it's, he's in charge of that. And that's, you know, nobody can understand the real story. And I'm sorry because you asked a different question. But what makes more sense? A Hispanic guy that was a truck driver that had never cooked in his life becomes an instant champion on the barbecue circuit. I think James and I won 39 together, okay? Mm -hmm. um, uh, or the pitmaster and owner saw somebody who really had an interest in it and taught him. And then I, what I told him, I said, James, we'll both cook chicken. When, you, when I think your chicken's better than mine, we'll turn it in. So we're in, I think, Telluride or Grand Junction, one or the other, and, and he gets a um, second place because he turned in his. The next one, he gets a 180. <laughs> so I come back and have stenciled below James the Flame on his door, world's greatest chicken cooker. And of course, there's a couple bitter pitmasters out here that thought, how dare they say James is the world's greatest? It's a joke, okay? <laughs> but it's average of 1.5, but it's only two contests. So, I mean, I think everything's changed in barbecue. When I started, nobody shared information. I do believe the Big Papa Smokers with the elite team and all that got a lot more people talking about what they're doing and how, I mean, I see you're very open with the guys and that wasn't like that, but it was also a lot rowdier and a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were football games going on and, uh, you know, Cornell hadn't started yet even, but it, it was a lot different, it's a lot different back then. And that's, that's only in my first year was 2009. Mm -hmm. I didn't plan on being the pit master. I started traveling with them in, I think, 10, a little bit. And then one by one, they had kids and dropped off. And I took over the team. I had Brad, who I just could never get Brad on the same wavelength as far as what's important. And so I just didn't do it myself, but I needed a truck driver. So I went to our HR. I go, I said, I need a truck driver. She said, you can have anybody but James. So okay, we'll tell James to be ready at noon. <laughs> the rest is history. Because James was driving the warp tour for us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna try and answer your questions better. You are a very confident cook. Where does that confidence come from? Practice. It it it, it comes from that. It, it's uh look, and the other thing, I'm really focused. And and I would I would cook dinner for years for 30 people. Now I cook breakfast if you're nearby. I don't do that anymore. But I mean, everything's important. And if you, if you think in order for you, you got to know what everything is before you can make it important. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, that's what the process of cooking and discovering. I still haven't been to a class yet. And I still mix seasonings and spices and um, but I, I don't think, and, and you know, the thing is I'm confident going to the cook-off because I don't even, I don't think I'm competing against you. You can understand if there's a lot of people sit there and go, oh God, there's Darren, I can't win. Well, chances are Darren's going to do really well, but I'm competing against the four tables I hit mm -hmm. and that are on there. And if I do the best job of controlling everything, I'll tell you, if there's one thing I'm proudest about our team, Darren taught me years ago, top 10. I started focusing on it. Other than the Royal and the Jack, which is kind of difficult. You, I mean, your, your result can be all over the map. Um, in the last five or six years, I think we've been out of the top 10 in KCBS four times. So, I mean, you can look at it in barbecue. It's so important for me. So I want to talk about the confidence. 
because people think I don't go to awards because I'm too good for it or whatever. I have extreme anxiety. It's the only time I have, I mean, like I said, I played guitar with Van Halen. I mean, I've been in the studio with Keith Richards. I mean, never scared ever. I have such anxiety. It's what's gonna, it's a couple, one of the things that's gonna drive me out of barbecue. I am absolutely convinced that everything's gonna go wrong. So I go home and I pace the house. My wife goes, this isn't good, I know. But yeah, I mean, I'm not at awards because honestly, I'm really uncomfortable after the cook. The minute I turn the food in the last box, it's a horrible feeling washes over me. I'm being very honest with you. Wow. It's, it's not good. It's not good. I, I don't want to name names, but I think Tim shares a little bit too. We discuss it. There's, there's people, there's something about that that gets me. And that's what, one of the reasons why I think that I got three paws in the coffin as a competition cook. Um, <laughs> number one, the judging's way too inconsistent now. I mean, I thought I was pretty interesting at the at the world championship. <laughs> Bobby, another cook for kids, and one one two were ninetieth and ninety sixth in pork at that field, and then Bobby later changes his clothes, puts on a coat, and gets pork team of the year. How can you go from ninety? I mean, there's certain things you got to understand. Is that yes, it's possible to have a bad cook, and yes, people have bad cooks. Most people, and, but the thing is. Bobby thought his pork was good. 96. That, it's hysterical. And I think that they, you know, I'm going to be a little bit more forceful and vocal. I mean, there's a couple things KCBS just has to do. And they have to, if somebody's out of line, they need to not come back for a while or they need to be retrained. We can, that, I can get into a million arguments about how to fix judging, but if you get rid of the three every contest that are turns in the punch bowl, you're going to have a lot better result. And what happened this year, from what I understand is, you know, I had to quit cooking. I got off to the best start, second best start of my career. And then COVID. Yep. And I cooked one contest since then, deep in COVID. And, you know, I was talking to David Qualls and he looked at my tables and he says, you had the worst gap I've ever seen. And you still finished in the top 10. He goes, you were on the wrong tables with the biggest gap. I just think that, they need to do something to address that. I agree. And also, it'd be nice if we got some promotion as cooks and pitmasters. Definitely. I mean, I, I was, uh, but I mean, barbecue is too expensive and it's, it's too random. It is. And I think that also with COVID, I think you saw a lot of master judges who are generally older. I th think you saw them staying at home. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which absolutely. You know, um, so the confidence part is really a funny thing because I don't think I'm going in there with confidence. I think I'm going in there prepared. That's a very good answer. Yeah, I mean, and I think maybe take people take that long, but you know, I don't. I don't drink anymore. It's there's a few people who can drink a lot and win, but not many. You have to be really a good cook. Yeah, I'm not one of those. I can't do it when I'm cooking. Can't do it. But I know a few that can. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I would never name names again, but chicken and grin. I mean, I mean, Jeff, those guys are absolutely brilliant. You know what? If everybody was like chicken and grinning, but competition barbecue would be huge. It would be because it'd be one giant party. Nobody turning any meat. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I mean, at one of the guinea pigs, I gave Ted a mohawk. I mean, they're always game. I mean, I think they're the, the real spirit of barbecue. And I, you know, I absolutely love them. And I, I shame them into getting a breakfast, you know. And I'm not saying that Darren or Travis over there hog it, but they do. <laughs> so we like to talk about uh, successes a lot in barbecue. But one of the things that I like to bring up on here is is failure and how how has a big failure and a parent failure during a competition set you up for success later in the in the barbecue world well thinking about it i've had two that i consider to be really um awful one was an alleged uh piece of glove that the 
2013 American Royal and I had a really good book and I did really well. I really could have defended based on the randomness of it, looking at the three scores I did get mm-hmm. were very good. Okay. I just had to get a marginal score and I couldn't figure it out. And um, they don't tell you, at least back then, they didn't, they didn't tell you. They don't take a picture of it with their phone. They just say, well, you're disqualified. So what I do is I don't wear gloves when I'm boxing at all. I'm, they, you find a glove in there, you got a problem because I don't wear them. Okay. <laughs> so I just, I had to eliminate as many things to get. Um, and also, I think that's a rule that needs to be looked at. There's some people that, I mean, if it's clearly not an intent to, to mark the box on the random chance you're going to end up at a friend's table, I've seen some really minor things ruin somebody's uh, cook and even season. So I'd love it if they address that. But yeah, that's one failure. And the next one I remember was Long Beach. And Long Beach was great. It was by the Queen Mary. And I don't know if you ever got to know Matt Dalton. Yes. Matt Dalton was one of my, I mean, I named the guinea pig after him. If any, if I change, have a change of heart about the guinea pig, it's just because Matt still needs a contest. Matt was the internet social um, social conscience jackhammer. I mean, some of his fights were legendary. <laughs> but, I mean, it was staff, Matt, and Lamar, and all these guys that don't cook anymore. But, um, God, we had a great time. And I I look, I take pictures all the time. I take a picture of the bricks and box. God, those slices look good. Those burn-ins look good, but there's only five there. <laughs> I turned in five burn-ins, and uh, I couldn't, I mean, somebody who prides themselves on control and detail and all that, to not be able to count to six, that's a pretty big screw-up. <laughs> and I, I did okay at the contest. It, it worked out. They just, one guy didn't judge. So that's, that was the drop score. Um, I think some I learned from Todd Johns at Plowboys when I was coming up. And uh, Todd Johns had a sign in his trailer that said, don't give up on the box. And I've seen the best example I saw was one of the guinea pigs with Tim Shear. His pork looked terrible. I mean, there was no way he's going to build a box out of this. And I watched, and Tim's, I mean, I like the one time Tim's missed his turn and he goes, what happened? He goes, I was just having a great time. <laughs> And I looked at the clock and I'd already missed the turn in. I had a great time. That, I think that's awesome. So, um, and I watched him build that box and he won pork. And it's because he didn't give up on the box. And that's such a, because you eat with your eyes, you figure it out, you manipulate, you work. But that's a, that's a huge thing. And I got that from Todd. That's one of the things that I've gotten from Tim is is not to give up and there's always something that you can do you yes. know you it may be bad but get that out of your head and figure out how to fix it and fix it fast yeah well he's a really good cook i mean he's a really good cook there's 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 some robo cooks out there and some manufactured cooks that do great that's fine whatever tim's a really good cook he's a great finisher he really is oh no question yeah i mean I, well, I think Darren is a fan, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I met him on the stage at the Royal. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. So you got some more? Yeah, I know you have some more. I got a bunch more. Uh, yeah, I don't want to take it. Better. What's that? I'm trying to answer them better. <laughs> well, one of the things that I like to get into a lot, and I I know that I personally have a lot of habits, rituals, and stuff that I go through. I'm a pretty superstitious cook. Do you have any of those type of things that you got to do every contest? Well, shoes, shorts, shirts. There starts out a season where, and, and you know, I do have a pair of Lucky's underwear too. Because <laughs> has awards underwear and they gave me a new in the pack ones. I can't tell you about them except for they're lime green. Um, <laughs> I mean, everybody's got that kind of deal. Um, things we like to do. James and I write at that wall in the cook. We usually have some vitamins. And those are these nerd candies, you know, we call them vitamins. <laughs> so we have some vitamins. It's really close. It's clothes more than anything. It's, if I can't find that year's clothes or shoes, that's a problem for me. I gotta I have to have a little talk with myself and figure it out what just happened. 
there's <laughs> one year, I had a really good year in 2016 and the pair of shorts, my wife goes, we can't sew them anymore. Just, you really, I mean, well, they gotta make it through the season, okay? They have to, you should have seen they had iron-on patches on the inside and so it looked like Frankenstein shorts. But you know what? I was um, 19 out of 22 in the top three that year. So or some number top fives and those are those shorts. I would, I hated throwing those shorts away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's big to me. This is the question that I've been dying to ask you. And I think we could probably do a whole podcast, but I don't know if you eat, do you listen to music when you're cooking? Never. 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 Sometimes when James is prepping, he puts Johnny Cash on, which makes me laugh. <laughs> I have a good relationship actually with the Cash family, so that's fun. I played you, on one of Roseanne. I played on one of Roseanne Cash's records. Really? Yeah. And King's Record Shops, you want a Grammy for it. So now is that just to maintain your focus? No, what happened? They asked me as a I got thanked for my amateur psychiatric counsel. And I go into the studio and I'm in Capitol Records or someplace in LA and Rodney Crowell, she was still married to him, was producing it. And they give me this, this guitar part. I'm supposed to double Stuart Smith of the Eagles, this part. And it's friggin' hard, Luke. It's <laughs> really hard, okay? And, I, and I'm scared because I, it's a hard part and I'm not nailing it. This is a big artist. And um, I ended up getting the part. But this is one of those things when they ask you to play on the record, it's a, um, a mercy it's a token thing because if you're a dog with hearing aids, you can hear me. Okay. <laughs> I'm buried in the mix, but I was on the record. Um, but Stuart Smith, I saw him about a year later. He goes, hey, Sterling, you doubled my part on that. I said, yeah, you could hear it. He goes, said, you must either have a good dog or good hearing aids. No, he goes, I can hear it. He goes, did Rodney Kelly tell you I've used a capo on that? No, as a guitar player, you no, so I was I was holding barring with my index finger and playing everything with the remaining three fingers. In I wish I'd thought of it, but that's a stupid. You can edit that out, but that's a pretty funny story. <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> but no, I I have a talk show in my head. When I drive, I don't listen to music either. Wow, it's 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 pretty much silence. I've done that for the past two years. I either listen to a podcast or I drive in total silence. Yeah. Um, I just, I enjoy the time alone and enjoy the, the thoughts going on. And listen, when you get old, like me, I'm going to be 66 on Wednesday. Um, you really find yourself to be pretty interesting. <laughs> I can repeat the same jokes. I can do all of that. So, yeah. I'm on, that's my time thinking. Gotcha. Well, we know that barbecue, there's a lot of things that cost a lot of money. One of the things I like to talk about are things that cost less than a hundred dollars. Cast iron. Cast iron. I, I've been cooking. I've been. I have so many cast iron pans now, and I refuse to buy the trendy ones. You know, my mother left me the pan she cooked for me when I was a boy, and it's, I'm a baby, and I've, so I've got that one. And um, I'm a big fan of Lodge. Yeah. And because I think it's the value, it's the bang for the buck, but. I mean, I was using cast iron before it became trendy, but I still, I mean, my the thing I bought this year was a like 17 inch lodge and I, I cooked my turkey and I parted it. Okay, cooked it, parted. And it's the best turkey I've ever cooked for Thanksgiving. So, and the recipe's up there, I mean, on BPS, but yeah, I, I'm a big, I just, I like the whole thought of cast iron. I like how it cooks, I like how it feels. Um, so yeah, that's what, and I can't really use it in competition, but um, outdoor cooking, yeah, I've got, I, lo I love cast iron. I wish more people would do things more than a ribeye or a cowboy steak in them. Absolutely. You know, there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff you can do. When you hear the word successful in terms of barbecue, who's the first person that comes to your mind? Oh, Darren. Darren? I, I, I would say so, absolutely. Darren's had a couple of runs I mean, early on he had a run, and then uh, later he had best run I've ever seen. You know, when I think of success, I think a moments that I was really proud to be there was Tuffy winning his third Jack. I think Darren and Sherry, and I think it's really important to talk about Sherry because 
she's so positive with so many people, but also I think they're a better team when she's there. And that's not taking anything away from Darren, but I think a lot of times people don't talk about the fact that that's a team and that Sherry is very impactful and very good. We actually are going to have a series of episodes where Kim is going to interview teammates and get their perspectives, the same perspectives that we talk about from yeah. the teammates and actually give a little dish on the pit master. So <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I think it'd be great. <laughs> Who's impacted your life the most in competition barbecue, do you think? Well, there's, it's, it's, it's too hard to say one. I thought about that. First of all, Johnny Trigg. Yeah, Johnny Trigg doing pitmasters, and I can't I can't say that it was rigged because I signed a agreement saying I wouldn't disparage it. So I don't think it was rigged. But Johnny cooked half the meat and won. Johnny taught me a lot. I remember I was so proud. One of my first GC, Will tomorrow, I was sleeping in a produce truck that night, and I called Johnny. I said, "Johnny won." He goes, "So do it again. Anybody can win once." Okay. And uh, so Johnny was very impactful. Johnny taught me a lot about focus and stuff. And I dearly love Johnny. He called today, you know, I had COVID earlier and uh, he didn't call about that, but he called me because James just got over it and he's fine. But Johnny's more concerned about James than me. <laughs> Jackass. So then the next one is a guy named Scott Nelson. Scott Nelson. A team called Swine Assassin. And he came out to California. And it's the middle of the night of Wildemar, our first GC. And we were just playing with Double Secret. And we had a half a bottle left. He tasted, he goes, I like that stuff. Can I have that bottle? That's the only one I got. I said, but sure. So he goes back and wins the next week. He RGC Wildemar. Um, but this was so important to Big Papa Smokers because the California, okay? And I'm an older California, whatever. And, you know, so nobody wanted to take that seriously. So what happened was Scott, like Scott was a big part of the Iowa revival and the Iowa era, which is, I feel bad for the people that didn't get to know Big T's and, you know, Lucky's still there, but Big T's and Scott Nelson and uh, Tippy. I mean, mm -hmm. that's why I had them all come back for the last King of the Smoker. And do you see how fun they were? Oh, it was a blast. I mean, they, they, they could cook their ass off, but they have a blast. So um, Scott Nelson got on the stage and one of those big Papa smokers. And then Tippy had a great year. So tip, I sent them, I was just working on Sweet Money. I sent it to them. Um, the first time I used Sweet Money in competition was at World Food with Scott Nelson in Vegas. Um, but so Tippy would say big Papa smokers. And then Orion is very uh, calm and meticulous way. So those guys were winning and slaughtering everybody. And then uh, very, very fortunately, Darren discovered kind of what was going on there. And uh, so Iowa was just, I mean, the Girls Gone Wild, Scott's parents and stuff, but Scott was really instrumental in, in getting attention because they were winning, they were dominating. I mean, and I feel bad Scott's out of barbecue. I hate the tippies out. I don't like the Ryan, but I hear rumors that he may show up. You know, realize that so many of the people are gone now that were not dead, but just not doing it. And that gets tough. I mean, you can see it back there in um, Absolutely. Virginia. And I think more and more teams are quitting. It's too expensive, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not enough reward i think but anyway those are the guys and you know then darren of course a toughie's been great to me and then and i think i've been i think we've been good for each other i think um you know i like i said duffy's a dear friend that i think is such a brilliant cook and chef toss around the chef thing so those, those are the guys without leaving people i mean steph franklin um you know i can keep going lucky of course uh but there's, there's a lot of people there. But I mean, to really, it was Johnny and then Scott and then Brian Darren. Yeah. And Johnny was one of the people that I got to meet at King of the Smokers. And, you know, we've developed a great friendship over the years. Oh, he's, such a crusty, he's such a crusty old buzzard. 
He is. I, but I got to sit with him uh, when we did that Big 12 t- tournament event a couple years ago. And I go up to sit in my seat for the basketball games. And my seat is right next to Trish. And I look over and she looks at me and she, she looks at Johnny and she goes, switch me seats. Because she could just tell how giddy I was that I got to sit there and I got to watch West Virginia, who was a very low seed, beat Texas Tech, sitting there with Johnny and Matt Walker sitting in front of me. And it was it was just so much fun that Johnny's like, ah, this isn't going very well for him. <laughs> I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> Johnny, uh, 2011, I'm sitting with him at the Royal. And I got a couple calls right away. And he starts hitting me. You won. Johnny, you're jinxing me. Shut up. <laughs> I'm getting more nervous, more nervous because it's a war time anxiety. And they got Trig telling me that I won. Of course, I didn't. Okay. So the next year, get a couple of good calls. He says, You won. Johnny, you're out of your mind. And then I got a second place brisket call. That was the greatest moment, Luke. Everyone's clapping. And the winner is. Big Papa Smokers. Not one person. But you know what? I looked out on the crowd and Johnny Trigg was standing there. With thumbs up. And Harry Sue was too. And Harry at the time owned California. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's what kind of a guy Harry was. Harry was a, is still a, a great sport and very supportive. Yeah. So, but I got a little bruise on my arm. What's that from? My <laughs> Johnny hitting me the words. <laughs> what do you think separates a good pit master from a great pit master? Feel. Feel? Great pit masters, I think they understand where they are with the meat. Mm-hmm. I gave, I've given one class for California. And I remember I had four butts on the old hickories. I said, guys, I want you to take a time during the class. And I want you to have me tell you what the four butts are within five degrees. And you tell me when you want me to go out and turn do that. And that was within three degrees on two of them. And mm-hmm. as a, it's all that practice. Like I know, know how much they weighed. I know what, I know my cookers really well. And I know what the temperature, I know what the humidity, I know all that stuff. So I can pretty much tell you, I mean, but that's, that's, that's from, Preparation, that's from work. Right. Does your... I, I, think, I think feel is so big. It's way more important than the number on the thermometer. Oh, yeah. And you still see guys... I mean, guys will teach that, but still live by the thermometer. And I, I use the th- thermometer as a reference point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, that's... that's the, the thermometer lets you know you're in the ballpark, but the feel lets you know which seat it is. <laughs> You're delivering a pizza, you're on the right street, you don't know what house. Exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned a lot about organization and being prepared. Is your competition week the same every week? Do you do the same thing? Absolutely. And but I want to tell you something because you were asking, are you gonna ask me about young young pitmasters? That was gonna be my last one, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to that. James preps, not the meat, but he he makes sure everything ready. We talk a lot. During the week, there's usually there might even be something we work on on a Tuesday, just to make make sure if we're not sure. Because and I'll get to that in some of your other questions. I mean, I think that we're going to go down when we're done, which is close, by the way, is being consistent. That comes from hard work. Mm -hmm. I'd like to figure out if I can stand to get to 50 GCs. That's where I'd like to stop. But I might not. It's hard. The last one's been forty-two now. It's pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. Royal Oak was our second or third GC, and it was a fluke. I, that's why I feel for uh, Mudville, who came from your place. Yeah. And talk to Thomas. Thomas, you, this pressure is going to completely. Do, you, you put pressure on yourself. You, the only thing, it doesn't belong in cooking, and I know what happened because you won your second contest. It was the Royal. And, and so there's all that. And I think he's really a good cook and I think he's really a good guy. And I feel a little bad for him. And I'm saying this on air without saying is that 
how he wants to be and what he wants to be, I can tell. I'm not sure that there'll be enough of barbecue for him to get there mm-hmm. in the area he's cooking in. Yeah. I, I came in right, right at, at the pitmasters in, in that wave. And then Iowa was, Iowa was so, was so impactful on barbecue. Thomas uh, with Mudville is a student of mine and uh, I, I've not, I mean, I've, that's in my top 10 barbecue moments was when he won and going into his trailer and uh, you know, he's sitting there working on meat for the next day and he just turned around and looked at me and just dropped everything and came over and gave me a hug. And I was like, I was like, man, I couldn't be more proud of, of what you did here. This is pretty awesome. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I like being the only one, but I don't mind sharing it with Thomas. <laughs> he's a he's a he's just a fantastic gentleman. He really is just a great guy. No, absolutely, and uh, he's very nice to me. And we, you know, we I've only got to know him recently, but uh, we've had some good talks. I th- I, I hope that I'm. I hope he knows that when I talk to him, I'm really sincere. I mean, it's it's man, living up to other people's expectations. You got to figure out how to get out from that because it'll kill you. Yep, I think that's why I, am, I, that's why I, I have so few friends in barbecue on social media now. <laughs> and it's the, the cleansing—they either got too political, and is in an insane way, or just mean. Well, and you've mentioned you've hit on it a couple of times about the people leaving barbecue, and one of the things you know, that I think we need to concentrate on is getting some younger people into it. And, you know, what is some advice that you would give to a, a smart, driven young cook who's about to enter the world of competition barbecue? Pay attention, number one. Okay. I leave Easter eggs on almost every one of my posts when I'm practicing that I do. <laughs> and, you know, Ed Williams with Sharp Gourmet Cooking said, you know, do you know that I learned a lot? Why? I said, do you think that I, that's there? I, I leave them there. <laughs> said, I'm glad you noticed it. I mean, glad you're paying attention too, but I mean, yeah, it just try and learn as much as you can filter out the bullshit, the negative stuff, practice and document your practice, document your competitions. Um, I'll tell you another thing. There's before trailers came, I would call um, uh, easy up the idiots pyramid. Because you get under that thing and you get so friggin' smart. Okay. And geez, I know we do it like this normally, but I wonder if I put some raspberries in this or something, you know? And then the problem with the idiot's pyramid is when you step outside the pyramid, the tent with the box, you know you just pooped your pants. Okay. I mean, Scott and I did that at um the last time that happened, he was at the World Food I was talking with Scott Nelson. He said, no matter what, we're not going to do this on sauce. He just won second at the Jack and sauce. And we got in there and decided that not only we're going to do it, we're going to do it double. And he got it, came in almost last. And so, you know, trust your process, which I'm telling you things you all know, but, but I mean, the one thing I do pay attention to as many people that seem to be successful, I think be really objective. Okay. And that is you've got to be self-aware. Mm-hmm because everybody thinks they got screwed. Nobody's kid's dumb, you know, they have something else. So what I like to do is I take pictures and if I feel like it didn't go how I really feel it should, usually by Tuesday, I got a pretty good idea looking at the pictures. And then I look at past pictures. And then I always refer to the score sheets. Mm-hmm. Okay, on a micro level, the judging's pretty bad. If you just isolate one thing, on a macro level, it's pretty good. I mean, if you're struggling, look, you and I have talked. You know, I think maybe about it. I think you might have been looking for some pork stuff. And I said, look at your sheets. Yep. They're going to tell you. I mean, really, if if you keep, if they keep telling you it tastes bad, in the, over 10 contests, maybe you ought to think about your, uh, your flavor profile. Absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, that's... I tell them be prepared, be focused. Um, know, know exactly what you're going to do. Don't give up on the box. Make sure that you have the best meat you possibly can because everything, this everything's important. That's the most, 
that's the thing that people don't necessarily agree with me, but I don't care what you're doing, whether you're managing a golfer or designing a guitar or competing. I mean, that's why I don't listen to music. I don't want to get distracted. I want everything that we do is, is entered the process out of trial and error and repetition. So I don't change an out. I don't change a thing. I don't change a thing in the contest. I know exactly what I what I'm going to do, and maybe that's why you say there's a confidence, or I think that's where the consistency comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pumping out McDonald's. It's not. I mean, I think my food tastes good. Everybody does, but I don't cook it at home. Right. I, mean, I invited my kids. Hey, kids, come on over. Dad's cooking some comp barbecue. That doesn't do very well. <laughs> It's the best average barbecue. That's one of Darren's. So for a young cook, <laughs> yeah, okay. it's it's very good. Uh, and I I one of the things that I preach too is the the be honest, be honest with yourself. Don't if your chicken sucked, don't tell yourself, don't trick yourself into thinking it was good because you'll never get better. How about the guy who says my my chicken was just awful, and I can tell you some big names, and I won't name names this time, and then that chicken. <laughs> hits and they say well it's just the one piece on the thing i'm sure it was you know look at if you thought it was bad at two o'clock and you get a lucky call okay (laughs) don't all of a sudden brag about your you know it's okay to say today i might have robbed a bank you know that (laughs) bank that's been that that guy that's been robbing me i got them you know i did it um back in barbecue score before barbecue data we did a uh a judge's survey and a cook survey. And we asked the cooks, and this is over a thousand cooks, I think at the time were 800. And they said, how many times do you hit the angel table? And they said, 2%. How many times do you hit the table of death? 25%. (laughs) You think we have an objectivity problem here? Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. So, hey, also for the beginning cook, don't forget that your eyes, your ears, your taste, and your feel, those using those is so so important. I All mean, senses, yeah. As much as you can to the cook. Absolutely, absolutely. I've had people tell me, you know, man, this doesn't smell right coming out of my stack. I'm like, well, you better figure out what it is. It turns out they had a putty knife in the <laughs> in the firebox. <laughs> I was like, well, I think you should have fun. <laughs> the smokers, big Mista and. Uh, who's out of barbecue and Steph were um were catering. And I looked at Big Nesta and he's got a ball of Drano in his hand. And he's pouring it down the stack of his spice line because it was clogged from smoke. And I said, well you can't use that cooker. Because all will be fine by tomorrow. <laughs> True story. Wow. <laughs> well Sterling, I want to thank you. Let's get into some rapid fire questions these are some questions i love to ask everybody at the end what is one of your favorite pre during or post competition meals well it's actually if i win i get cinnamon rolls on sunday <laughs> from it, cinnamon or do you make them yourself uh, that guy you know so yeah i mean i can eat cinnamon rolls without getting uh any abuse because i they're gc cinnamon rolls that's that's my reward that's awesome what is your favorite present that you like to give to people? It depends on who they are, but I like to give something that they really, whether it's something small or I've given pits away, I've given a lot of guitars away. It's funny, I gave a, one of my teenage, when she was a teenager at the time, I remember giving her a guitar saying, well, this might be a waste. And she's one of the top guitar players out there, a girl named Gretchen Min. Mm-hmm. All of her, she's brilliant. So I don't know. I mean, it's just... If you can do something that helps them out, that's I try and do that. I mean, which probably leads into the next question. But <laughs> what do you think are the biggest misconceptions about you? Oh, I I get it all, and it it, it kind of bothers. I don't I don't maybe arrogant or whatever, but I you know what I try and help everybody I can help. Mm-hmm. People who know me know that, you know. Um, I, I think I'm giving, and I don't think people understand that. Um, I think they take whatever they think is confidence and not understand that that some of their shots they fired on social social media weren't weren't fun to take. I mean, no, why? But 
you know what? It's good for me. And it was, it was good for me to do this. And Ernie Ball was because I was the boss's, you know, boss's son, Silver Spoon. But like I said, we have, um, I took it over with 14 employees. And we have over 600 now. So, I mean, this is, I absolutely got a huge mentor in my father and the ability to take a, a business that was only doing a couple million over and build it into an international business. That was fun, but the respect there, and I don't get shots in the guitar business. I don't get shots at all. People like people <laughs> like what we. I've given them tools for artists and stuff. So I, I've taken I've taken a lot more shots. Like I said, it's probably good for me, but it's also going to be the thing that drives me out. It's like there's a there's a lot of things. I mean, I hate to say it. I had so so much fun cooking, and there was eras that were fun. And look, you make your own fun now. And I know when you go, you usually, you know, who's going to be there and you guys get parked together and that's great, but still it was more fun a couple of years ago. And I think most people agree that, and we lost a lot of the characters, you know, that, that were just, that made it so much, so much fun and you couldn't wait. And it, it didn't matter what walk of life you came from. I mean, there were some guys, I mean, Steve Badool was a guy uh, that's no longer, that was just hysterical. I mean, he, I, he's made me cry laughing. Okay, so I miss guys like that. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with any message on it, getting that message out to millions or billions, what would it say and why? And I, I have no message like that. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't. I mean, obviously, it'd be nice if people were a little kinder. There's That's the a, one that I would go with right now is just, Two words, just be kind. It's uh... well, I agree. that's in my that's in my heart and mind. That's the same thing in barbecue. Look, I said on Rimpy, and I know this is a quick hit, and I know this is it, but I said over several years and people didn't like me. I said the way the money's going in barbecue, the judging that this this sport's in trouble. They've got to address it. They need to market their start, all the things, and and nothing's really changed. And now I'll tell one last story. <laughs> I played golf with a guy who started out back steakhouse a lot. He's a good friend of mine, Chris Sullivan. You can Google him. Probably the most successful restaurateur ever next to Ray Kroc because he's bonefish grill and a, a whole bunch of, but here and I was in the barbecue and I wasn't cooking this San Diego contest and we're down there playing golf. And he goes, so Budweiser there? I said, no. Is there any other restaurants? I said, no. What do you mean? There's this national thing? I said, yeah. And he goes, it's wide open. I said, yeah. He goes, well, let's, let's go off later. Take me to that contest. Because I think I want to get out back involved in this thing. Cool. We go there. It's Harry. Harry's nice to him. We get down about the third, um, the third trailer or you know, back there was tents. And he says, let's go. So what? I got more people to show you guys. He, I don't want to say this on your podcast that he said it, but Somebody said, this is a shit show. I know why the other brands aren't here. And hmm. then trailer came and everybody backed the trailer and away from the fans. And there's, we still have contests with, where we don't even give them water, much less a shady place to sit. And yeah. we wonder why promoters are leaving. Listen, COVID, I'll leave you in this. COVID gives people an out to get out. Absolutely. Okay. Because they get to miss a year and then then they make the announcement and we're starting to see that. And I think you're going to see it not only from teams, but I think you're going to see it from all walks, teams, judges, contests. I think you're going to see a lot of things going away. Well, there's new, there's a contest in California coming that's three meats, Texas barbecue, not IBCA, like wow. restaurants. And uh, then the steak, I mean, Jerry, Jerry Aguilar is killing it out here on steak. He likes it, he goes, I can drive my wife's Tesla and the PK fits in the sub trunk. <laughs> and he's having a blast. And wouldn't it great? Hey, Luke, thanks for letting me ramble and destroy your, oh. your, your well-planned layout. <laughs> no, it, uh, it went, it went fantastically. And I can't thank you enough for number one, being on the podcast, but number two, all that you've done for barbecue and all that you do with cooking for kids 
I just think it it is one of the best things that we've been a part of, and I truly thank you, and I know a lot of other people do as well. Well, thank you, and you know, the little general in you, thanks for dancing, thanks for bringing some life in the barbecue, and thanks for having me on. Thanks for being a great ambassador there. We, we try, we try, and uh, you know, this has been a really fun conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast and to share it out with your friends. Also be sure to check out the old Virginia smoke YouTube channel as well. We'll have another episode for you next week. I'm going to keep that next week's guest a surprise because I think that you'll really, really enjoy it. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020. Old Virginia Smoke. Old Virginia Smoke. Old Virginia Smoke.